I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole? Hmm? I can see it in your eyes. I'm trying to free your mind, Neo. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What truth? You say you that you are a slave, Neo. Trying to understand this! 20-year-olds fall in and out of love more often than they change their oil filters, which they should do more often. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. You have to let it all go, Neil. Fear, doubt, disbelief. Free your mind. It doesn't matter who we are. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. How do you define real? You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. After this, there is no turning back. Are we clear? Crystal. For the last couple months, uh, my ex-wife and I have been using the same babysitter for uh, for our daughter. It's uh, actually a friend of mine. It's a, a friend of mine, his wife, and she's a stay-at-home mom. They have other kids, so she's actually a really great resource for uh, for us to use as childcare. And during that time, I've heard several stories from babysitter about the way that my ex would treat her. So let me give you an example. My ex would would use her primarily on Mondays and then Tuesdays uh, in the morning. All day Monday and then Tuesday morning. Well, my ex has a live-in boyfriend who also has a kid. And uh, they, you know, they obviously watch each other's kids at times. And every so often, she would go to babysitter. Babysitter's name is Christina. So ex would go to Christina and say, you know, just a few days before, um, yeah, Mike's going to be available to watch uh kiddo so we're not gonna need you this week but thank you sometimes not even a thank you just uh yeah we're not gonna need you and then other times it would be kind of the opposite where she would say you know weeks out in advance hey we're not gonna need you this day this day this day and then two or three days before it would be hey actually uh mike screwed up or i screwed up or whatever i am gonna need you tomorrow and it was just this kind of walk all over the babysitter and um, not really respecting that babysitter has to make plans and uh, has other kids to juggle. And, you know, she'd get upset because, hey, I didn't schedule any doctor's appointments for this day because I know this is the day that uh, that I have to watch your daughter. And she has a, a newborn baby, actually. Her her youngest is only a few months old, two or three months, I think. 
So, you know, newborn has doctor appointments, things like that, that have to be handled on different days because Christina's watching our daughter for us. And, you know, there was one instance where she went to Christina and she said, oh, my mom's coming out to town and is going to be staying with me. And, you know, she's retired, so she's going to help out with watching Olivia. And she's going to be here for the next two months. So I'm not going to need you for the next two months. And it's like you can't, if this were an actual daycare facility or, you know, a school or something, just because you miss days that you're not sending your kid there, you know, because kid's sick, because you have somewhere else to put them, whatever the case is, you, that daycare facility has holds that slot for your kid on Mondays. And they're turning away other kids because your kid is enrolled. Just because you don't bring your kid doesn't now mean that you're not going to be charged for that day. Your kid is enrolled. They're going to pay for that day. So then, of course, the tension was that, obviously, my ex wouldn't pay Christina for those, that, like I said, that extended period of two months of not using her as a babysitter. And it's like, that's a lot of money that they actually depended on because, like I said, Christina's a stay-at-home mom. She doesn't make... She doesn't make a living outside of that. So they're a one-income household that's supplemented by what we pay for childcare. So to say that I'm not going to use you for the next two months and I'm not going to pay you for the next two months is it's kind of kind of a, a financial strain, to say the least. So long story short in that, Christina kind of had enough of being walked all over by this woman. And I, and I told her, I told Christina that that's, that's honestly just the type of person that my ex is. She is just the type that walks around the world thinking that everyone owes her something and has this entitlement mentality that I've never seen so extreme in another human being. This belief that everyone is out there to accommodate her and everyone will accommodate her or or else, basically. And you know, that 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 is just the way that she walks around the, in the world. And, and I mean that not just because she's my ex-wife, but, I mean, Jesus, when we got married, we got married in 2010. About six weeks before the wedding, her maid of honor, who was her best friend, told her to fuck off, basically. Right before the wedding. So she had no maid of honor. Now she's got one less bridesmaid than... There are groomsmen. I'm not going to go kick out one of my groomsmen. She can't find another bridesmaid to take the spot last minute. That's kind of a slap in the face anyways. Hey, I'm getting married in six weeks, and I have an opening now, so it looks like you've been promoted to one of my good friends. So welcome. I need you to go get a dress because now you're a bridesmaid. It was also awkward when she had to go to one of her other bridesmaids before the wedding and say, Hey, I know you were my number, it looks like you were my number two best friend. You didn't quite make the best friend cut. You were only number two, but 
that position has recently been made available. So now you're being promoted and congratulations, you are now my best friend and maid of honor. That's, that's kind of a slap in the face all around, like super, super awkward. Her bridesmaids were my sisters. She didn't have the maid of honor was her was her um, only non family standing up in our wedding when we got married. That's that's just the type of person this girl is. She cannot get along with anyone, and I it it baffles me that I stayed with her as long as I did, and I never really saw that. It's just it's insane. Well, like I said, so within the last few weeks, Christina goes to her and tells her to basically go pound sand, fuck off, because she's not going to put up with her anymore. Well, of course, uh, X is all upset about that, doesn't accept any responsibility, doesn't apologize, doesn't, doesn't thank her for... The fact that she was a very good babysitter and helpful for the last several months just basically cuts the cord and is done. Doesn't like I said, doesn't no thanks, no apology for hey, I'm so sorry that I you know I caused this uh, tension or, or whatever. Not none of that whatsoever. Just a okay, bye, and that was it. Well, of course, that created issues with. The ex, because now she has child care problems on Mondays and Tuesday mornings. Oh boy, here comes the shitstorm for me. She, days after Christina blows her off, days later she asks me if we can revise our entire custody schedule Shifting Monday is completely onto me. Well, I don't have anyone to watch her on Mondays. We've had the same custody schedule since the day this kiddo was born. It's never changed. You know, we make trades by by week or whatever. If if there's something that one of us has to do, we we. We can accommodate trading days and stuff on a case-by-case basis, but the schedule itself, the official court order, has not changed at all in three and a half years. And my my work schedule... Now, let me see if I can explain this here. My work schedule, I'm off Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday every week. I've had that schedule for longer than my daughter's been in the picture. Probably close to five years that that's been. Those three days off have been my weekend. I've always worked Saturday through Tuesday. Well, about a year ago, my ex decided that she wanted to change her schedule up and also have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off. Now, that doesn't make any sense to me because I have our daughter under that schedule. I have her from Tuesday to Friday night. So I have her 
all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, all day Friday. That's my weekend. And then I only have childcare on Tuesday, which is when she goes to Christina's. So why this woman wanted a work schedule a year ago, again, this is a year ago. She's been doing this since about March of 2018. Why she went for a work schedule of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off. And, and where she works, there are numerous other options. Okay, and that's what she went for. Well, once a year, it, it, well, let me just say, during the last year, she never really complained once to me about that. She made a few comments in passing during the last year that she doesn't get to see much of our daughter. But I would just kind of brush it off and I'd say, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the schedule that we have. I don't know what you want me to do about that. Once a year in February, both she and I have the opportunity to rebid our work schedule and say, you know, I'd rather have these days off or I'd rather have these hours on these days type of thing. That opportunity comes up once a year in February. Well, I have the kiddo Tuesday through Friday. So like I said, guess what? Guess what schedules I was looking at? I was looking at either keeping Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as I always have, or if that wasn't an option for whatever reason, I was looking at Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because that's when I have the kiddo. Well, guess what? Unbeknownst to me, X goes for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday again. Now committing to that schedule for yet another year all the way till 2020. After that process is done and over, she comes to me and says, hey, I'm looking at changing the custody schedule. And again, this is right at the same time that she lost Christina as a babysitter. So she comes to me and she's like, I'm looking at changing the custody schedule. I want you to take her Monday mornings and then I want her back on Thursday instead of Friday because I want a part of the weekend. I work. She's like, I work every single day that I have our daughter. Well, yeah, but that's your choice. And I kind of gave her the benefit of the doubt at first. I tried to look at roster, you know, employee rosters of other of other schedules and look at seniority and see, you know, what what maybe this really was the only choice she had cuz she's only she hasn't been in uh in her line of work for very long, so maybe she just didn't have a lot of seniority. So you know, I asked around, I looked around, I did some investigating of my own. She had other choices. She could have got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. And she has, like I said, she has the kid Friday night, end of Friday, uh, into Tuesday morning. So perfect schedules for her would be Saturday, Sunday, Monday, which is more difficult to get with uh, her level of seniority, which is understandable. But she could have made it to a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. She could have made it to a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Just a bunch of different options that she could have made it to, but didn't even attempt. And that made no sense to me. So I asked her, I said, why, why, if you know what our custody schedule is, it's been consistent for three and a half years since our daughter was born. Why in the world did you pick a schedule that you've had for the last year that you know doesn't work and you know you're never going to get to see your daughter? Why did you pick that and then 
expect me to make changes to our custody schedule. That doesn't make any sense. And she, she, her response is, well, my career decisions and personal decisions and things like that, those are, those are my decisions and my business, and they're absolutely none of your business. And I'm like, holy shit, like, I'm not trying to make it my business. The only reason I am is because now you're asking me to change my schedule. And the other part that irritates me is, like I said, this the schedule change opportunity comes once a year in February. Well, guess what? It's it, it's over. Like I said, I I chose to stay with Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off because that's what the custody schedule was most conducive to. And I didn't know she was looking at changing anything. So number of things don't make any sense like i said it didn't make any sense that she chose that schedule it doesn't make any sense to me that that's the same schedule she's had for the last year and now committing for a whole nother year so now all of a sudden after a year of having this schedule this is when now now this is a big enough concern to you that you want to uh adjust the custody schedule and if you really wanted to adjust the schedule, why didn't we have this talk before February, before I bid for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Because I actually do have the seniority to go to Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I wasn't going to bid for one of those because I had Olivia during the middle of the week. So why do I want the weekend off? I, I, I don't. I don't want to work the middle of the week when I have my daughter. So it didn't make any sense. I said, we could have had this. I told her, I said, we could have had this conversation two months ago and said, hey, let's start looking at options because February is coming up and that's when we, that's when we're going to have to bid for our work schedules and, and we can uh, start looking at options to try to make sure that we work different days. She could have said, hey, I'm looking at the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday schedule. You know, this is why I want it, whatever. I know it's always been yours, but I'm wondering, since you have uh, the seniority, can you go to uh, maybe a weekend's off and then we can adjust the custody schedule accordingly so that neither of us really has to pay much for childcare and, and both of us get a lot of time with kiddo. Like, how hard is that? She says she really doesn't have much of an excuse for why we didn't do that other than she didn't expect me to be willing to communicate with her. She thinks that we're just, we have so much tension that she just doesn't expect me to want to accommodate her. And it's and, and it's not accommodating her. That's something that would have accommodated all of us. It would have benefited me too to do that, which is why I, I wish that that had happened. But when you're dealing with someone like this that literally cannot get along with any anybody and just walks around the world expecting everyone and their mother to just accommodate you and your every whim and whatever you need, the rest of the world is here for you. 
She literally expects that she can just bid for whatever work schedule she wants and then I'm going to bend my life around hers. And it turns out that the work schedule she wants, the main reason she wants it is because she's trying to she's trying to uh, promote in some department and some some particular office that she's trying to go to that the schedule that she bid for is kind of the way in because it gives her the most face time with the people that are up there and you know kind of it, it's for career advancement it's to advance her career fine more power to her she wants to advance her career I got no problem with that other than the fact that I put my career on hold for the last few years keeping the work schedule that I have which is kind of shitty who in their right mind wants Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off? I work every single weekend. I could have tried to advance my career to go somewhere else or try to move, climb the ladder type of thing, so to speak. But I didn't because I knew that I needed that middle of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off. I knew I could not do weekends off. Well, now, as it turns out, I, I actually could do weekends off, and then we could just change the whole schedule around. Unless she gets to that division that she wants to go to, and that's a weekends off job. So now I can't do anything as far as looking at my schedule or whatnot, because hers is so unpredictable, and everything is going to revolve around her and her work schedule. I don't understand how someone can, how she can be in that situation and say that she's not prioritizing her career over our kid. She says, well, I think it's in kiddo's best interest that I be successful in my career. Yes, true. But that doesn't require working a, a particular set of days or a particular shift or in a particular office. It's the same pay. She's not looking at a, a promotion with pay. You know, she's looking at just different different job duties. It's something that she wants to do for herself. There's no benefit to to her daughter if she gets that position. And in the meantime whether she gets that position or not. In the meantime, she's gone the last year and the indefinite future with no real FaceTime with kiddo. She sees her a few hours in the evening because she works during the day every single day that kiddo stays at her house. It's just, it, it baffles me that she tries to argue that what she's doing makes any sense at all. But like I said, she, of course, wants to change the custody schedule. And therein lies the problem. The fucking circus of family court is a place that you never want to be. I promise you, you never want to be in family court. Because this is what's this is what's gonna happen. 
if this issue goes to court, if she actually goes through the process of putting this, uh, bringing this in a in a legal motion to change the schedule, and I contest it or I oppose it, and it goes to an actual hearing in family court with the judge, this is what the judge is going to... I can make all these arguments that I've been explaining to you so far over the last 20 minutes or so. I can make all those arguments, all those same arguments, and at the end of the day, the judge is going to sit there and say, well, you know what? It really doesn't matter how we got in this situation that you have the same work schedule. That's not important. It doesn't matter that she could have picked something else, but she picked this. It doesn't matter that she could have had this conversation a few months ago. None of those things happened. So none of those things matter. What matters is right now and moving forward. So right now, you all have the same work schedule with the same three days off. So we're going to divide those three days off in half. Dad, you're going to get this half of the weekend, and Mom, you're going to get this half of the weekend. And that's fair. And from the judge's unbiased perspective, from the outside looking in, not having to deal with this situation on a personal level and just making a decision, that is objectively the most fair thing to do. I agree with that. But it frustrates me to no end that the whole thing could have been avoided. So anyways, my point here is that judge's ruling is going to end up being worse for me than what the ex wants because the ex only wants to take one of my weekend days, not one and a half. So if it goes to court, I'm, 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 I stand to get fucked worse by the judge than I do by my ex-wife. Because my ex-wife's not asking for as much as the judge would probably give her. Hopefully she's not listening to Third Degree Mind, because if she did, then I suppose that would be, uh, that would be her, her incentive to go try taking this to court because she would realize, hey, I can actually be asking for a lot more than I am and I'll probably prevail. Maybe, maybe it's, uh, maybe she already knows that and there's just a little bit of good in her that she realizes that the scheduling nightmare is, is her fault. So she's trying not to punish me that much. I don't really know. So, with fault, you know, we, you know, I talked a little bit about this last week, and I actually, uh, I played a little sound clip from you, for you, from uh, Will Smith. Uh, He talks about fault and blaming other people, and when you end up in bad situations, what you need to do, and stuff like that, and and you know it's it's ironic because this entire situation unfolded over the last uh week week and a half that last episode of third degree mind that was uh uh even longer ago so the fact that i had that will smith episode that was actually pure coincidence because i didn't even know that this was going to unfold in my life so i want to play that uh will smith clip really quick for you again because I want you to hear it and of course I want to hear it I've been listening to it frequently over the last few days because 
it's got some great reminders about what to do when someone else in your life is, I guess, basically intentionally fucking you over. I was just uh, having a debate with a friend of mine and we got stuck on the difference between fault and responsibility. She kept talking about how something was somebody's fault, somebody's fault. And I was like, it really it don't matter whose fault it is that something is broken if it's your responsibility to fix it. For example, it's, it's not somebody's fault if their father was an abusive alcoholic but it's for damn sure their responsibility to figure out how they're gonna deal with those traumas and try to make a life out of it. It's not your fault if your partner cheated and ruined your marriage, but it is for damn sure your responsibility to figure out how to take that pain and how to overcome that and build a happy life for yourself. Fault and responsibility do not go together. It sucks, but they don't. When something is somebody's fault, we want them to suffer. We want them punished. We want them to, to pay. We want it to be their responsibility to fix it. But that's, that's not how it works, especially when it's your heart. Your heart, your life, your happiness is your responsibility and your responsibility alone. As long as we're pointing the finger and, and, and stuck in whose fault something is, we're jammed and trapped into victim mode. When you're in victim mode, you are stuck in suffering. The road to power is in taking responsibility. Your heart, your life, your happiness is your responsibility and your responsibility alone. I'm gonna take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Jay of Third Degree Mind Podcast. If you're a regular listener of Third Degree Mind, I hope you found an easy way to download and stream all of the latest content. There are a bunch of ways that you can do that and make sure that you're always getting up-to-date notifications when we release a new episode. I want to make sure that you found one of those so that you're always able to listen to Third Degree Mind on demand and that we don't lose touch. The majority of our audience gets Third Degree Mind from CastBox. You can go to castbox.fm on the web or download the CastBox app using your Android or Apple device and then search for Third Degree Mind. And don't forget to click subscribe. Another option is if you have an Apple device like an iPhone, Third Degree Mind is available for free in the Apple iTunes store. Just search Third Degree Mind and click subscribe. Third Degree Mind is produced on Podbean, so you can always find all the available episodes there at thirddegreemind.podbean.com. And of course, you can subscribe there as well. Podbean also has mobile apps for your Android or Apple device to make it even easier to find all of our content and subscribe so that you'll always get up-to-date notifications when new content is released. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Welcome back to Third Degree Mind. Glad to have you listening here today. So this idea of fault versus responsibility you know a lot of things that Will Smith said they really speak to me in the situation that I'm in with uh, with my ex-wife when something is somebody's fault we want them to suffer we want them punished we want them to to pay we want it to be their responsibility to fix it but 
that's that's not how it works especially when it's your heart your heart your life your happiness is your responsibility and your responsibility alone it's her fault that i'm in this situation right now it is 100% her fault she's the one that didn't approach me about the schedule she's the one that chose the schedule that she did all those things and 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 like will smith says I'm sitting here and I want her to pay. I want her to suffer by having less time with our daughter because of the choices that she made. That's all her fault. That's all on her. Blah, blah, blah. And I want her, I want it to be her responsibility to fix it. I want her to pick a different work schedule. I want her to either deal with it as is or her to make the changes. I don't want to have to make the changes to my schedule to accommodate her decisions, and her problems that are her fault. But he's got the perfect advice. The perfect advice is that it may be her fault, but that doesn't matter. That's 100% irrelevant to the fact that it is my responsibility to deal with my happiness and my relationship with my daughter. That's That's not her responsibility to deal with. As much as I want it to be and as much as I want to put the blame on her and as much as I I want to do that, Will Smith goes on to talk about that if, if, uh, if, if I stay in that mindset that I want her to pay and I want all that, then I just stay as the victim. As long as we're pointing the finger and, and, and stuck in whose fault something is, we're jammed and trapped into victim mode. When you're in victim mode, you are stuck in suffering. If I constantly sit here playing that blame game and making myself the victim and just pointing the finger, I'm stuck in that victim mode and I'm I'm never going to get out of it because victim mode, like he says, is what causes suffering. Victim mode is what causes suffering, my friends. The road to power is in taking responsibility. Your heart, your life, your happiness is your responsibility and your responsibility alone. All of us go through challenges where we are wronged by someone else. All of us are betrayed by someone that was close to us. All of us get fucked over by someone that was supposed to have our best interest at heart. It happens to everyone. Folks, it's a part of life. And I'm not saying it's easy to take Will Smith's advice here. I'm not saying it's easy to to get out of that victim mode and start taking responsibility for your heart and for your happiness. But you've got to. The more I listen to that, the more I listen to his his words and his advice, the more I sit here and think that he's 100% right. Yes, it's her fault. Yes, I want her to pay. Yes, I want her to suffer. Yes, I want her to fix it. But my happiness and my life is not her responsibility. She's not going to do anything to make me happy. And that's the bottom line. She's going to do what she needs to do to make herself happy. For whatever reason, she believed that work schedule was her pathway to happiness. 
Fine, so be it. Her life, her heart, her happiness. It's not my responsibility to make her happy. But that's the situation that we're in. And like I said before, if this ends up going to court, I'm going to get royally fucked even more. I need to take the hand of cards that was dealt to me, whether I like it or not, and I I have to deal with it. I have to take on a responsibility to make my own happiness in the situation that I've been given. It's, It's not easy. Fuck, it's one of the hardest things I've had to do. This is one of the hardest people that I've ever had to work with. And she has a lot of power because she's the mother of my daughter. And I got 15 years left of dealing with her. But that's that's the, the world that I live in. And if I ever want to be happy, I have to get out of that victim mode... Just like if you look at your own life and you, you, you see where someone screwed you, look at a past experience in your life at some, at some example that's somewhat similar to this where someone hurt you. And I can guarantee that if, if you're still bothered by it, I can guarantee you that it's because you're still sitting there blaming that other person. Forget about where the blame goes. Yes, it probably is their fault. They probably did fuck you over. But if you're still bothered by it, you're the one that's still in victim mode. You're the one that hasn't seized that responsibility to overcome that. You know, he talks about if if you grew up with an abusive parent and you had a rough childhood because of that, that is certainly not your fault but now as you grow up as you grow older you can't just keep playing that victim card and blaming that person for all your problems because you're just you're just going to constantly suffer because of it if you've overcome a challenge like that it's because you've accepted responsibility in making your own life what you can that's the only way to do it. It's, it is the only option, 100%. There's no, there's no other, there's no way to blame someone else constantly and wake up one day happy blaming someone else or holding a grudge against someone else for screwing you over. It's a part of life, my friends. It really is. It's something that all of us go through numerous times. Shit, you sit there, you can probably think of a thousand times that that someone fucked you over in one way or another. But there's there's nothing you can do about what someone else does. You can't control the actions of someone else. Your happiness is your responsibility. And that's, you know, indirectly, that's something that we've talked about on Third Degree Mind before. I've, I've got two episodes now on true happiness. If you look through the, uh, the, the past library of uh, episodes over the last year, episodes on true happiness, that's exactly what I talk about. 
that your happiness and your emotions, your feelings, you have to be accountable to all of those. You own all of those. Someone else might do something to upset you or something like that, but you're the one that chooses to either dwell on that or get past it and learn from it and do what you can to cause your own happiness. Happiness doesn't just come by chance. It's something that has to be actively caused. You have to do it. You have that power. That's what I want to leave you with today. You have that power to make your life what you want it to be. No one else. No one else has that power. And regardless of what anyone else has done to you, you have to be able to take that situation, grow from it, learn from it, and make your life what you want it to be in spite of those things. Because everybody out there walking around on the face of this planet has been screwed over, has been fucked over, has been betrayed, has been mistreated. But there's only two options there. They've either dwelled on it and they play that victim card and they're stuck in, they get stuck in that victim mode or they seize the power that they have to overcome that. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to seize the power to overcome it, stop playing the blame game, and take responsibility for your own happiness. Have an outstanding week. Spring is right around the corner. I don't know where you where you live or what the weather's like. You know, here I'm here in Las Vegas. It's it's starting to warm up. We're uh, we actually had some uh, unseasonably cold weather here lately, and of course, unseasonably cold for Las Vegas is 30s and 40s. So I'm sure many of you out there had uh, are living in much colder temperatures. You know, we had a little bit of a blizzard uh, last week out here. It was kind of funny on Thursday. They were they were predicting three to five inches. I think at my house, I got I got probably an inch or two. A lot of it was rain because it was a little bit warmer than what they anticipated. But if it was all snow, it would have been it would have been a lot because it was it was coming down for uh, over twenty four hours. Everybody thought school was going to be canceled on Thursday during this blizzard. Of course, school wasn't canceled. Should have been, but it wasn't. You know, the roads were icy, and I'm from Wisconsin, so I'm I'm familiar with what a real blizzard is is like. And this was this was a bad one, uh, especially because, of course, in Las Vegas here, we don't have snow plows, we don't have salt for uh, the the roads and stuff. So it, it was. I did not want to drive in it, and I couldn't believe that school stayed open, but. The next day, Friday, uh, they canceled school because they were worried about uh, a lot of the a lot of the rain that had fallen. They were worried about that freezing and and causing black ice on the road. So they thought it would be dangerous on Friday. So they they uh, called off school for Friday. So the kids got a three day weekend. Uh, and then of course Friday was about forty five fifty degrees, sunny, clear, not a cloud in sight. The ground was completely dry. All the snow was gone. Uh, it was it was actually super funny because yeah, snow day in Las Vegas. That's what it looks like. No snow in sight. Just the pictures. It just looked like a looked like a fantastic day. But uh, well, that's that's the weather that we have. That's uh, of course the 
the morons running the school board that decided to stay open during the blizzard and then call off on the clear day. That's the morons we have. That's uh, the part of the country that we live in. But fear not, uh, it's going to be about 70 degrees this week. So like I said, spring is around the corner, regardless of where where you are, spring is coming. Uh, the cold is nearing the end. We're we're almost uh, almost in March, just a few days away. So, just uh, keep keep moving forward and keep looking ahead to uh, brighter days. We'll just put it that way. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great week. Hey, it's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I wanted to close really quick by reminding you that Third Degree Mind is produced primarily for entertainment purposes and is not intended to treat or diagnose any mental illness and is not intended to replace clinical psychiatry. I am not a licensed therapist or physician, so if you feel that you need mental health treatment, please always seek that appropriate care in your area. If you're feeling actively suicidal, please call 911 or take yourself to an emergency room. If you're in the U.S., you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255 or contact them using their online chat service at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And once again, they are available 24-7.